Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com backslash supergamingquiz. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Super Gaming Quiz Alpha Turbo! Welcome to Super Gaming Quiz Alpha Turbo, the only podcast that rewards obscure video game knowledge with actual video games. I'm Ben Bertoli, freelance games journalist and Banjo-Kazooie expert, and I will be your host. On this, our ninth episode, we delve into the world of video game preservation, hilarious unreleased titles, and the history of one of gaming's greatest consoles. With us again, returning for a second straight episode, is Narelle Hosang of New York. How are you doing, Narelle? I'm doing well, thanks. It's very hot, though. Oh, yeah, it is very hot. It's very muggy here in Indiana. I assume it is uh, also quite sweaty over there in New York. It is, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, last time we talked about games we played at E3, but let's, uh, let's talk about games that we're actually playing now at home that we've returned from E3. What, what games are you currently up playing? I just finished Kirby Planet Robobot, which was really fun. I loved the Circus Kirby. <laughs> really? I he was hated my that one. What? I don't he would know. jump through rings of fire. Yeah, he's adorable, but like his moveset is all over the place. You know what I mean? I mean, I he did know. try to launch me off some ledges quite a few times. Yeah, because he's like trying to be acrobatic and things. He's right. got nothing on Science Kirby. And oh, uh, I like Poison, Poison Kirby, too, because he can kind of... Oh, kinda... I didn't like Poison. No? Because he can, like, oh. he can kind of, like, glide on top of his Poison puddle to places and just shoot it all over. Yeah, yeah but Circus Kirby could balance on a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can do that. Jeez, come on. I can't shoot Poison out of my head, though. Oh, if only. I'm trying to get away from reality here. <laughs> but, yeah, the mechs in Kirby Robobot are fantastic. I feel like... It's the best gimmick that a Kirby game has had for a really long time. Yeah. Did you have a favorite mech? Kirby mech? Oh, uh, let's think. I did like the race car was fun. But I also like the, I guess, the plane. Mm-hmm. I really like the one, the cutter one, where he could like shoot the giant blades. Right. Kind of charge it up and then blast them off. Yeah, I've, I've been, um, I played that a little bit ever since I beat it a while ago. Um, actually, right before E3. And uh, coming home from E3, I kind of wrapped up the entire story. But uh, I've been stuck on Overwatch, as have many people. Uh, the competitive mode just dropped about a week or so ago. And uh, I've been okay. proving to myself that I'm just not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Are there rankings? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you play 10 competitive matches, and then they uh, give you a rank from 1 to 100. And I think it, I think the average is about 50. Okay. Like, the top players are in, like, the 70s and 80s. But I got a 46. So I was happy enough with that. Uh, better than most of the people I play with, at least. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the hang of a lot of different characters so I can switch it up on the go and maybe earn some golden weapons, which is something you can do in competitive mode. Aside from that, I've been trying to beat the original Legend of Zelda on the NES, which I've never actually done. Obviously, I own a copy, but... The only time I've ever beaten that game was, I think, when I bought the Classics version for the Game Boy Advance. So I think it's time that I uh, did it on the big screen. How's that going? It's going all right. Uh, That game is is it's kind of one of those like you have to know where to go. You know what I mean? I kind of have forgotten what the order of the dungeons are and where they are. Right. There's a point where I had to go get some kind of a raft and I completely skipped that entire like 
part of the dungeon and beat the guy and then went to go to the next one i was like how do i get across this river i guess i gotta go all the way back it can be a little frustrating but hey you know nes nes games are kind of like that for me in all regards they're just a little frustrating i I haven't actually beat the first one (laughs) no never no well i've never beat the second one so yeah that too i I know a lot of people out there are like they love you know zelda 2 the adventure of link but i just i don't know the side scrolling for once is just not my uh, bread and butter Right. What other games you've been playing? I've been playing Yokai Watch. Oh, that's a good frustrating one at times. It it is quite. <laughs> the world is huge. I don't know. Like, I I want to do all the side quests, but I don't know if I'm really timed. I don't think I am. But I feel like there was this one quest, for instance, where I had to go run over to my dad's office to give him some documents that he forgot at the train station. They're like, hurry up, he really needs this stuff. So I'm like, okay, so do I let the time run out and just muck around and do side quests? Will they punish me? Will my dad fail his meeting? I don't know. <laughs> so You fail uh, a meeting? Is yeah, that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. He totally was going to fail. But yeah, so there's lots to do, and the city is really huge. Yeah, and the combat is way more uh, stress-inducing than anything like Pokemon because you kind of have to like keep going. You know, it's not like, a, oh, right. I can do an attack and then I can kind of just chill out for a while and think about what to do next. Right. It's like they're attacking you until you die and you need to start attacking back or defending yourself or spinning a wheel or poking a bubble or something. Yeah. You got to keep an eye on everybody to make sure they're healthy. Yeah. It's I kind of want to befriend Yokai, so I don't know what food to give them and all that as well. Yeah, it's... It, there's, a, there's a lot of different layers to that game. Uh, I can oh. see why a lot of people compare it to Pokemon and why it's kind of uh, taken at least uh the japanese gaming world by storm right it's pretty fun i like it yeah i enjoy my time with it i don't i never beat it i still have it but i have not gotten to the end of it yet i uh i probably got about a half halfway maybe three-fourths through and then i I got distracted by other games okay at least you delivered the uh papers to your dad right it's true i don't distinctly (laughs) remember doing that but i'm i'm have a feeling i did (laughs) he failed his meeting (laughs) (laughs) probably he's out of the job oh well and the other uh, 3DS game that we've both been playing, I know because I've talked to you about it, is uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, which was the one that the Nintendo kind of surprise announced there during E3. Right. I ran back to the apartment and I downloaded it. Yes, I think we all did. Or we all got the demo and then we were like, yes, this is the game I want. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's been fun. I've kind of been playing that uh, at night, just laying in bed waiting for my wife to get ready for right. bed. I'll just right. play through a couple uh, sections and it's got some new ones and it's got some classic ones and it's got the best one ever, which is the one where you're interviewing the uh, luchador guy. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten there yet. You've never played that one? No. Not even, but that's like a classic one from like an older game. No, I played the Rhythm Heaven that was on the DS, I believe. Oh, you haven't played the Wii version? No. Okay, that's okay. Well, when you get there, you'll know because you'll be flexing your sweaty, <laughs> sweaty body for the fans. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to our guest and see what games he's been playing after a brief word about this episode's sponsor. As mentioned at the start of the podcast, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. For you, the listeners of Super Gaming Quiz Alpha Turbo, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to try out their site. If you're not sure what book to pick, I would highly recommend Ready Player One, written by Ernest Cline and read by Will Wheaton. Set in the year 2044, it follows the adventures of Wade Watts, a boy who is on the hunt for a legendary Easter egg inside the world's biggest virtual reality game. This book has hundreds of nods to real-world video games, cartoons, anime, and movies. 
I've honestly never read a novel with more nerd culture references in my life. It's a wonderful read and soon to be a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. So if you want to get the jump on everybody else, you should really give it a listen. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash supergamingquiz. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash supergamingquiz for your free audiobook. Our special guest contestant for Episode 9 is Frank Cifaldi of Oakland, California. Frank has worked on games such as Mega Man Legacy Collection and is a former editor of both Gama Sutra and 1UP. How are you, Frank? Uh, good. How are you? I'm doing fine. So um, we know that you're a big guy when it comes to the game preservation, and uh, you kind of have a, a strong stance on ROMs and emulation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> about what? About <laughs> my stance? <laughs> yeah, sure. Tell us uh, why you think uh, emulation is, is good, or, uh, or how, how are we going to be able to preserve video games? Oh, I, I think you must be referencing my talk from this year's Game Developers Conference, um, where I made the argument that emulation is not inherently piracy. Emulation is a tool, and that uh, we should start thinking of emulators uh, in the same way that we think of video codecs. As things that that are that are, that are tools to just run uh, deprecated hardware on modern hardware, and my stance on emulation is that it's a very good thing for video game history, uh, for preserving that, and and uh, for republishing old games, because emulation is the quickest, cheapest, safest, and I believe best way of porting a game to modern platforms despite the bad rap it gets. Uh, and I think that bad rap is uh, sort of born from an industry fear from the late 90s, back when emulators were threatening the sales of Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 games. And I think that um, we did ourselves a disservice by not embracing emulation, but instead demonizing it. And I think that's led to a lot of people misunderstanding it today. So emulation's good. It's how games stay in print. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, but basically no old games are in print anymore because uh, we haven't really embraced emulation the way we should. So that's that's kind of why I've been advocating for it as of late. But also because uh, business that I'm a part of, Digital Eclipse, is you know mostly an emulation-based business, and I want people to want old games so that we get business. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so are there any games I know um, when I listened to your uh, speech at the Game Developers Conference, I wasn't there, but I watched it afterwards. Um, you mentioned that there was games that didn't even get to be produced because back in the day, uh, developers can only put out so many games a year. Are there any like games that were never published that are just amazing that you've played or that you've picked up or seen? Yeah, so specifically what you're talking about is a Nintendo of America restriction during the NES days. Um, back then, if you were a partner with Nintendo, if you published NES titles, you were only allowed to do five a year in America. This is Nintendo of America and American publishers. Um, and so what I was saying at the talk was that a lot of NES, specifically NES games, were produced and, and usually completed, but didn't get released because uh, the games were still relatively cheap to make, and the publishers were making so much money that they could take those risks that they could just make a bunch of games and then only sell half of them. 
so I've always been fascinated by the unpublished library of NES games. And uh, are any of them good? I mean, most of them aren't, but most of the NES games that came <laughs> out aren't either. Um, <laughs> True. I mean, we're, you know, when, when we're talking like 750 plus games, there, there are going to really be so many good ones there. But uh, were any of them good? I mean, you know, Earthbound's fantastic, the, the original Mother game. There's games that I like because mm-hmm. they're really weird. They're not you know, amazing pieces of interactive art. They're just weird, cool old video games. I like Bioforce Ape a lot, which is a really strange game about a monkey that gets mutated into like a a pro wrestler monkey with a diaper on. It goes around (laughs) body slamming like alligator people and like a fat bee guy and and a break dancer who doesn't seem to be morphed with any animal. He's just in there for some reason. Uh, Wait, is that all one game? Uh, yeah, that's Bioforce. Oh my gosh. Um, what else? I like Hit the Ice. Um, Hit the Ice is a port of an arcade hockey game, like a two-on-two, you know, arcade-style, not simulation-style hockey game. Uh, I like the NES version because it has a story mode, and mm. and the story mode is a very like very stripped down Dragon Quest style overhead RPG about hockey uh, where you like, you know, you're, you're traveling around town to town and on the map you get in random hockey battles. Yeah. Uh, so I like that one too. Um, uh, oh, and uh, another unreleased NES game I like for its weirdness is Drax Night Out. This is a game about Dracula wearing Reebok pump sneakers. And and running around <laughs> like literally sponsored by Reebok, Reebok pump sneakers. Man, how did that one never hit the airwaves? I can't believe that one never got out if it was being sponsored. No idea. I'm actually, I'm, I'm very curious. Like it was from Parker Brothers, and they had that, and also a, a game based on uh, the New Kids on the Block, <laughs> and and both of those games were announced at the same time, and neither one materialized. So. Uh, I kind of wonder if it's a situation where just Parker Brothers got back out of video games or something. Like, they were big in the Atari days, and then the crash happened, and they stopped, obviously, because everyone else did. And then the Nintendo got big, so they came back and then, <laughs> like, cut out immediately. So I don't, you know, <laughs> because maybe. Because their best idea was Dracula and Reeboks. Yeah, but... possibly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so that's something I've been curious about, and it's, uh, I just haven't really gotten around to getting, you know, the story out of mm-hmm. out of those games but uh i i have i have grand ambitions of of maybe writing a book or something about the unpublished secret nes library and, and oh. uh, where those games came from but uh you know it's been one of those books that i've been uh air quotes working on for about 10 years <laughs> fair enough so yeah it's kind of hard when your subject matter is so obscure yeah yeah but it's fun. It's fun because of that. It's fun true, tracking true. people down and being like, why do you know about that? The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sorted past. Yeah. Frank, is there anything you're currently working on that you can tell us about? Uh, not that I can currently tell you about, no. Okay. But uh, <laughs> there's... Um, no, I can't even tease it. No, no, no. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure you can. Come on. Well, if... If if uh, if if the uh, if ink were on paper, I would at least tease it. But uh, it, so all right, fair enough. 
I'm trying to think of a different legacy collection. So it's just a Mega Man legacy collection. Like what else? There's so many different games. You could do like Castlevania legacy collection or. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It's a lot of those games as well. I don't think quite as many old ones as there are Mega Man, but. Uh, for Castlevania? No. Nah, yeah. Well, yeah nah. not, not on the NES, but. No, you know, no. If you spread out the whole series, it's a really good collection to put together. Like Mega Man, you know, I think. I think when you start getting into the spin-off series, it doesn't really make sense to to uh, bundle them together with the classic. But I think I think all the mm-hmm. Castlevania games kind of work together. Um, so that's true. You know. Anyway, I, it's I, I obviously so, think about these collections a lot, and and then you know write up things that go to companies that ignore them. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. are there any games you're currently playing, old or new? What am I playing right now? Um, I have a stream on Thursday nights. Uh, we, we call it cathode contraption because we actually play on a, a CRT monitor, hence the cathode ray tube. And we're playing the original Secret of Monkey Island right now, which is one of my favorite games ever oh. made. And it's been fun because I'm not playing uh, my partner in the stream, Amanda, is the one who's playing, and she's never, not only has she never played it before, she just has no frame of reference for it at all, so it's actually, like, brand new to her, and, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a game that I've played through at least ten times, so watching someone blind play it has been a really nice experience. Can you tell us what the secret of Monkey Island is? Uh, no, I, I can't. I haven't found it yet. Oh, all right. Just in case. I mean, it is a quiz show, so... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, the the actual answer to that is that uh, Ron Gilbert claims that there is a secret of Monkey Island and that he'll never tell. My read on that is that he's making it up. <laughs> he's a he's an interesting guy. I sent him a game once to autograph, and uh, he got it back to me almost a year later. But he got it back to me. So <laughs> I am right now staring um, because it's just facing me on my desk at a. A giant uh, official circa 1987 Maniac Mansion poster. Oh wow! Um, that I had Ron sign. So I'm looking at his signature right now. Just speaking <laughs> Actually, it's, it's better. It's more than just Ron. I had Ron, uh, Gary Winnick, and David Fox sign it. So the entire Maniac Mansion team has signed my Maniac Mansion poster. Well, that makes it just that much more valuable. It's amazing. It's, at least to gamers like us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any games you're looking forward to? Anything that E3 that you know really stood out to you? You know, I'm I'm it's been a long time since I really was like a gamer, you know? Like I don't really pay attention to new games so much. Um you know, I I'm going to steal a line from Ron Gilbert since I'm thinking about him right now since we were just talking about him, which is uh yeah, I play games but I play them professionally. You know, <laughs> like like I I I I kind of touch them and just see what they're about and then move on. But uh I do play a lot of older stuff just because it's it fits my lifestyle more, and and there's still a lot of inspiration I think to find in older games that you don't find in newer games. Just by which I mean there's still a lot of stuff to rip off that we haven't ripped off yet. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, nothing comes to mind. Um, I think VR is kind of interesting, but uh, I'm not ready to buy a VR device and have it in my tiny apartment yet. It seems a little expensive at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's quite where we want it to be. Yeah. It's better than Virtual Boy, but that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. As someone who owns a Virtual Boy, I can attest to that. I don't yet. I don't, I, I, I'd like to. Yeah, no. I think I lucked out of the garage sale and found one for like 20 bucks. 
So I've been I've been trying to do that for about 20, 20 years now. It hasn't happened. <laughs> Sometimes you just get lucky when you're out there. All right, so you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Okay. All right, so here's how it works. Uh, you'll be given three different categories to pick from. You'll pick one of them, and all your questions will, will center around that subject. We'll be going back and forth asking you the questions. Uh, each one's worth a point. Multiple choice, fill in the blank, and uh, some other things. At the end, there's a music question, and I'll send you a file on that. And you have to get okay. uh, seven of the ten questions correct to win the prize, which is a terrible old video game, which I have for you right here. Okay. And no pressure, but no one's ever lost. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I had to put that I put that on you. But some people have come close, but, you know, we've, we've put in some bonus questions <laughs> that they made in the end. So don't be too nervous. You really just want to get rid of your garbage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see. Pretty much. Uh, and all 10 questions are the same subject. I pick one and I'm stuck with it for yep. the 10. Okay. The whole thing. Well, yeah, you'll see. Uh, okay. The first category here, I'll just list off the categories. The first category is legit 8-bit, which is questions about NES classics. So there you're going to get a little bit of variety. Uh, The second one is Fuzzy Pickles, which is questions about Earthbound and the Mother series. Mm -hmm. And the last one is Phoenix Rising, which is questions about Gears of War. Okay, Uh, so let's see. Um, I have never played a Gears of War title in my life, so I probably should pick uh, number three. Three. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Um, I want someone to lose on this show. That's right. Um, so it's down between NES and Earthbound. Uh, I should say the Mother series because mm-hmm. you said series, right? It's all three of yeah, them. Yeah, all three of them. Though there's more of a focus on Earthbound for sure. Okay, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty rusty on Mother One. You know, oddly, Mother Three I think is the one I've played most, which is kind kind of weird. Oh, really? Um, okay. It's it's that game's amazing though. Like everyone needs to play Mother Three. Don't yeah. You know, just public service announcement. Stop waiting for Nintendo to justify you downloading the ROM and play it. Just go play it. Just get the patch and play the game. Like they don't need to officially localize it. It's already been localized and it's a beautiful game. And don't spend your life waiting for for a game to be localized for no reason at all because they would never in a million years profit off that game. So just go download the game and play it. Stop waiting. I, I'm tempted to to do that category, but I'm feeling kind of 8-bitty. Let's do that one. You want to do legit 8-bit? Yeah. All right, we're going to go all over the map here. Stick with the classics. Hopefully you'll, you'll know them. Okay, hopefully. All right, Frank, question number one is multiple choice. In 1987's NES title Ice Climber, players control Popo and Nana as they scaled mountains to retrieve what? A, firewood, B, dinosaur eggs, C, diamonds, or D, vegetables? Oh, Lord. Okay. So, let me think about this. They get to the top of the screen. Yeah, there is an item on the top of the screen, and then there's a bonus where you grab a pterodactyl or something. And the choice, like... <sighs> so, when you were as you were asking the question, um, my instinct kicked in and said, Diamond. Uh, but then you said dinosaur egg, and I was like, oh, wait, maybe it was that. Think about, uh, my only hint is, um, and I don't know if this will help you, depending on how far back you play, but think about um, the icon that represents Ice Climbers in Super Smash Brothers. Uh, don't know that one. Um, okay, fair enough. But I, okay, so uh, I am going to go with C. I'm going to follow my instinct. That is incorrect. <laughs> It's okay. actually vegetables. That's okay. why. It, yeah, that is not one that, yeah. I, there was no part of me that thought it was vegetables, so. It's usually an eggplant. And that's why in Super Smash Brothers, their icon, uh, when you select them, is an eggplant. I see. So there you go. 
Now you know. All right. I'm well on my way to losing this game. Okay. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's possible, but I, I think you'll be all right. Question two, multiple choice. The Kometos and Kid Icarus bear an uncanny resemblance to another character from which other 1986 title? A. Duck Hunt. B. Metroid. C. Dr. Mario. Or D. The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Dr. Mario came out significantly later than 87, so it can't be that. Okay, so Duck Hunt, it's only ducks and clay, so it's not that. Uh, or the dog, I guess. Um... So Metroid and Zelda, and what were the name of what was the name of the enemies? The Kometos. Kometos. How do you spell that? K O M A Y T O S. <laughs> okay, that doesn't help me at all. Um, I am. Uh, oh God! All three of them are so contemporary. All three of them were like uh, Famicom Disk System like launch titles not you know launch day but like all three of them were like premiere disc titles and all three of them were done at the same time so it could be oh god uh all right do you, do you need a hint yeah, if you got one <laughs> sure <laughs> okay so the game they pulled it from is definitely closer to kid icarus oh so what you're what you're saying is uh metroid <laughs> no i'm not saying that i'm just giving you a hint oh yeah, you know, like in gameplay. Well, I think Metroid's a lot closer in gameplay <laughs> than Zelda. So I'm going to go with Metroid on this one. You got it. Wow. Good for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, so they they just pretty much look exactly like a Metroid. Okay. Yeah, as far as I can remember. and uh, But they're just like basic enemies. They're not some big boss or anything like that. Sure. All right, question three, multiple choice. Last multiple choice question. Which of the following NES titles did not use the NES Zapper? A, Hogan's Alley, B, Wild Gunman, C, Alpha Mission, or D, Duck Hunt? Uh, it's got to be C, because I know the other ones. That is correct. Very good. Yeah. I don't remember what Alpha Mission is. Uh, it's it's a game. I, I definitely added it on there. It's an actual game, but it's not. I think it's one for the NES, but I don't think it's... Yeah, it's definitely an NES title. I remember it. I just can't remember what it is. Again, again, when there's 750 plus games, you know, it's hard to know all of them. Unless you're someone who, like... Unless you're one of those people who only plays games on one system, which I've never understood. Like, I... I'm not making fun of this guy. I just think it's fascinating. But there's a guy on a collector forum who um, has spent years building a collection of every game for the NES library in its shrink wrap. Wow. That's hard to do. I think he's missing like three. But yeah, like like he's that hardcore. He also collects original art used on the packaging. Like this is... A hardcore person. It's got to be kind of a wealthy person, too. or uh, Possibly. Maybe poor now. And he just recently posted that he played a Sega Genesis for the first time and thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> like, th- yeah, now. like that. What is that person? Two decades later. <laughs> like, how do yeah. you how do you like go that all in on something without? Like, knowing what else is out there. I don't understand that mentality. Yeah, that's a little too much of a, like, a laser focus on one specific type. 
But I mean, uh, God Al- bless Alpha... him. Again, I'm not making fun of him. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, wow. Yeah. All right, Alpha um, Mission. So Alpha Mission is a scrolling shooter arcade game made by SNK that was ported to the Famicom in 1986. Okay. And the game spawned a more successful sequel in 1991, Alpha Mission 2, for the Neo Geo Arcade. Is this, uh, are you a, a plane or a spaceship? Yeah, or? you're a, yeah. Okay. Shoot them up, kind of, you know, from down below, Space Invaders. Or not Space Invaders, uh, Galaga type. So a, a vertical shooter is what yeah, you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't come up with those words exactly. <laughs> now, I've played, I've played Hogan's Alley and I've played Duck Hunt, but I've never played Wild Gunman before. That was not one I, I ever came across. Well, uh, you've probably seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the movie Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marty plays a, well, actually a fake version of Wild Gunman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's... When he goes to the future? That is, it? no, that's the game in 1985 that he's really good at. Oh, um, okay. And when he goes to the future, he finds it in the 80s themed cafe. And Elijah Wood's playing it, right? Yeah, and he doesn't know how to play it because uh, in the future all the games use Connect or something, um, <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't understand how to pull a trigger on a gun. So accurate. <laughs> no one has bones in their hands anymore. Right. It's hard. <laughs> okay, ready for question four? I'm ready. Okay. True false. Rob, everyone's favorite Nintendo robot, surprisingly only worked with two NES titles. True or false? Uh, that is true. That was Stack Up and Gyromite. Excellent. Uh, being as knowledgeable as I am about unshipped things, I'll tell you that there's at least one magazine article that said they're coming out with eight more. Wow, eight. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I believe that person. I don't think a Nintendo person ever committed to eight. Uh, and I've also heard rumors of a third that was completed but not shipped. You got to track that one down. Yeah. The quest. I kind of want to make a Rob game. Yeah. Well, I mean, what can Rob do? I've never actually owned a Rob that worked. Okay. So uh, he can just stack things and turn. Um. So here's all he can do. He's looking at the, the TV screen and he's looking for flashes that happen. And the flashes can hmm. tell him to turn left, turn right, or raise his arms or lower his arms. And I think it can tell him to open his arms, too. Oh, okay, it's like grab things. Yeah, and that's it. That's all hmm. Rob can do. And, oh, and sorry, he can. What he can? He can. Uh, when he lowers, he can push a button on the controller because you kind of slot the controller in. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, so hmm. I had this elaborate, terrible game design in my head of of a game where um, you shield his eyes from the horrors of the world. <laughs> um. Because you'll you'll know if he saw something or didn't, because you'll you'll know if he flashed or not. Um, oh. But it would it wouldn't work very well because basically the screen would have to be flashing all the time, and you'd have to mm. score based on like five seconds after a flash did that did he very slowly lower his arms to press the button or not? You could call it blindfold or something like that. Yeah, something like that. In yeah. the dark. Well, the plot is that you know you have this robot and. And his AI is based on on uh, observing human behavior. And so uh, you want to make him a good robot by only showing him the wonderful things in the world and not a bad robot by, you know, showing him like, I don't know, like old men opening up their trench coats and they're nude inside or something. 
<laughs> you don't want that to be part of his AI routine. So. Yeah, I could I could see that working. It's almost like uh, I don't know if you've uh, played the WarioWare games. There's like a mini game where you have to like keep you have to try and yeah. play games until your mom pops in the room. So it could almost be like that. Like there's a warning and then all of a sudden, oh, no, cover up Rob's eyes. Yeah. He's going to see the tears of the world. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. that is an interesting game that might actually yeah. work. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get on Kickstarter with that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, the, it's, I don't have like a really compelling game in mind. It's more just like a toy that you get. You know, it's yeah. like speaking of Kickstarter, like the, like the Russian roulette game that's on there. Like you're not going to sit down and play that like a game. Like you're not going <laughs> to go all gamer on it, but it's a fun little toy. So that's kind of kind of what I have in mind for a Rob experience. Anyway. So, question number five, true or false? The title for the NES cult classic Mother, known here as Earthbound Beginnings, at least now, was inspired by a John Lennon song. Is that true or false? Uh, that sounds familiar. Um, I don't even, I, I didn't even know that somewhere in the world we had documented where the name Earthbound came from. Um, so that, that's news to me um and i'm well not earthbound but mother. oh mother okay yeah sorry yeah sorry okay mother so you're so you're saying mother yeah the name mother did did mother come from a john lennon song god i i i would imagine uh itoy has a, a pretty extensive record collection there's a lot of beatles references in earthbound yeah there are so i'm gonna consider that a hint and say yes true that is correct Okay. And the name of that song that John Lennon sang was also called Mother. I so, see. Yeah, there was, uh, I think he went on record a while ago saying that he liked it because he also felt that it was, uh, it kind of made the game more like soft and approachable because it had yeah. like a feminine, you know, kind of a turn to it. Yeah, so, I like that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really appropriate for the series and, and uh, all of them thematically have, have, uh, motherhood as as sort of a backbone yeah to, to the themes not 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 this not earthbound so much but mother one and mother three definitely yeah it's better than your dad's on the phone or you know something like right. that yeah. as, a, as a title <laughs> for a game absent dad <laughs> absent yeah. dad the game absent dad adventure <laughs> to kickstarter again <laughs> okay narelle you got question six i do question six true false in the legend of zelda players could access the game's second quest by starting a new file with the name Link. Uh, I believe that's false, because I believe that the file name is actually Zelda. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. There's that Zelda, that Zelda knowledge. Yeah. Everyone seems to have a little bit of. A little bit. Yeah. I never finished Zelda 1. Oh, see, I was just talking about this uh, in, in our intro, that uh, I've never beat it on an nes I, I beat it when it came out for the game boy advance it's like a classics thing oh sure yeah. so I, i'm trying to beat it on the nes and uh it's yeah it's interesting especially because i have to kind of like push my game to the right spot to keep it from freezing up what do you mean like when i put uh it, oh I, the cartridge I, itself. yeah sure. i have a top loader yeah my my normal nes is all uh glitchy so my my top loader works but i have to kind of angle the game just right when i put it in and if it okay. moves, then the game freezes. So it's I like, thought the top loader was supposed to fix all that. Yeah, I don't know. It starts, but it's like all, you know, glitched out. Well, good luck. All right, question number seven, which is the first fill-in-the-blank question. The former president of Nintendo of America, Minoru Arakawa, 
played a huge role in the decision to use blank blank as the image for the NES port of Punch Out. Well, uh, obviously that is uh, boxer Mike Tyson. That is correct. Not Buster no, Douglas. No, not Buster Douglas. That was, that was no. Sega. You know, I I uh, oh I, for, I wish I could remember his name, but I recently learned that uh, so Punch Out was an arcade game before it was an NES game. Yeah, I actually played it um, on Wednesday. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was at I was at a barcade and they had they that was their newest thing, so I I waited to play that. So one. So when they debuted that game at an arcade trade show, you know, before it was out, uh, mm-hmm. they had another. Uh, they had they they had a different professional boxer there uh promoting the game and signing pictures and i don't remember his name it's it's not like his name was on the game you know what i mean but like there mm-hmm. was a boxer that nintendo paid to be the uh punch out spokesperson and then mike tyson defeated that boxer oh <laughs> <laughs> and then the partnership with Mike Tyson happened. Yeah, according to my notes, Tyson was rumored to have been paid $50,000 for a three-year period for his likeness. That's nothing. Wow. And then things kind of, yeah, this was before his uh, World Boxing Heavyweight Championship. So Nintendo kind of lucked out on that front. Oh, I didn't know about that. Okay, yeah. I think he was yeah. still undefeated at that point, but just not a champion. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't the champ. And then things kind of went downhill for him. And uh, Right, didn't find himself didn't find himself in uh, Super Punch Out. <laughs> that's true. Super Nintendo, but that's okay. Yeah, the the original Punch Out game is really weird. I I've never encountered it in the wild before until this week, and uh, just the whole like wireframe. Yeah, you know, little Mac and uh, the the two screens as opposed to the one. Yep. And your life bars on the top screen, so I kept looking up. Like, how much do I have? Yeah, it's it's but, kind yeah. of a difficult one to to transition yeah, to because it is. Um, and then there was a sequel, Super Punch Out, in the arcade, like right after that. And then there was what I consider the third game in the trilogy, which is one of Nintendo's more obscure titles, which is Arm Wrestling. So mm. it's like same hardware, same two screen setup. Uh, Bald Bull is in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's sort of a secret like. Punch Out spinoff uh, <laughs> called Arm Wrestling that um, I I don't like it in in Mame or anything. It doesn't feel right. Like you you kind of have to play it on the machine, which is unfortunate because um, did it come like, to consoles? No, never. Oh, okay, and it, it uses a two way joystick because you kind of have to wiggle it like left and right really fast to like fight. You know, to have your strength. And then it used mm-hmm. a couple of face buttons, but it has something I've never seen in a game, um, which is that the joystick itself, you could pull up on it like you're trying to pull it out. And th- and that's like a separate input. Really? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one of those things wow. that you can't really that is odd. Uh, simulate at home very well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could with a Wii <laughs> controller. Come on. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like there's there's a part where like you get you get a you get a the masked arm wrestler like down to his last bit of health and it tells you to pull off his mask and you just got to keep yanking on the stick until his mask <laughs> comes off yeah man and 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 my favorite obscure needs to be in smash brothers character from nintendo's past is is in arm wrestling uh it's alice and ape three and and uh alice is a little girl who's uh good at mechanical things and ape three is her uh robot ape that she built to arm wrestle 
Is this a, is this a throwback to that uh that extreme ape game or whatever you're telling us about? Extreme oh Bioforce Ape. No, this is this this <laughs> yeah. is well this is well before Bioforce Ape. This is like eighty seven or eighty six, yeah. Well maybe that's what inspired it. <laughs> I doubt it, but the connections. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. And like the last guy in the game is Frankenstein's monster, just for some reason. It's it's great. <laughs> it's a good game. Wow. That sounds like a very Japanese game. Yeah. Which are kind of usually the best kind. Correct. I have <laughs> determined that as of late because I, I spent a lot of time exploring back catalog stuff. And it's like, you know, I only really care about the Japanese ones anymore. It's all anyone wants. <laughs> it's true. If you look at the NES library, Super, Sega, you know, like there's some Western developed games, but like with very few exceptions, you don't really they're not classics. It's true. They have, they have not survived. Question eight. Fill in the blank. The Nintendo World Championships cartridge contained modified versions of the Super Mario Brothers, Rad Racers, and blank. Tetris. That is correct. Man, for that shaky start, you sure are uh, killing it now. <laughs> I was like, oh no. He was hustling. He doesn't know about vegetables, but he, he knows about <laughs> Mike Tyson and Tetris, so we're good. <laughs> I, I'm bad at, like specific things in games you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. i'm, I'm gotcha. good at general knowledge of of the industry and its history and stuff like that and, uh but like specific things in games it's like either i've played it a bunch of times or i haven't and yeah and my 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 recall for those kinds of things i don't know i, I always think of sherlock holmes you know i keep my attic clean you know, <laughs> and it's like I I didn't retain that there are enemies in Kid Icarus that kind of look like Metroids because I didn't think that would serve me ever. <laughs> oh, how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> Got to add a couple uh, windows to the attic, I guess. <laughs> so uh, the Nintendo World Championships, those were held, what, like at malls or Night- colleges or... Uh no, T- typically event centers. These were big. These are big oh, okay. events. It was like a big, yeah. big deal. Um, kind of like the wizard, right? Yeah, the wizard was basically. Uh, they they were developing the wizard kind of in tandem with the Nintendo World Championships, and you know, it wasn't quite in time to okay. like make it, you know, so that the fictional event was the same as the nor- the real one, but. But uh, yeah, that whole ending with you know Super Mario mm. Brothers three like that—that's basically what the Nintendo World Championships were. And they had it wasn't so the the, the cartridge you're mentioning that was the competition. It was um, you you scored points in all three of those games and it yeah. added it up at the end, and that was your tournament score. And you know there were regionals and then the finals, and which was at uh, Universal Studios in Florida, I think. But it wasn't just the tournament. There was like kind of a mini like e3-ish area where you're where you where like attendees could play nes games that aren't out yet and there was a stage with like a zelda magic show oh and on the same stage the nintendo game counselors would come out and you could try to stump them (laughs) so you guys would be into that part i guess yeah definitely (laughs) we need to get some of those guys on the show figure out who they were (laughs) I've, I've I've had a few conversations with Howard Phillips. He's a nice guy. Yeah, that might be I would fun. love to talk to him. Yeah, I, I I think I was thinking of. I know uh, later on they did some kind of like uh, campus challenge. Yes, and I don't the know, following was year the was Super the Nintendo challenge. Yes, but also okay. they, the regular NES before that. Yeah. So like ninety one was regular NES, 
And that was, uh, they did a similar competition cartridge, except it was never... Donkey Kong? I mean, no, that was even later. So, oh, okay, so, I was going to say, because I, I collect Nintendo things, but mainly Donkey Kong things, and I really want a Donkey Kong Country competition cartridge, but they're pretty expensive. Yeah, and, so. and you got to get it with the box, the crappy box. Oh my gosh. So no, it wasn't, so 90 was the main one, and that's the one I think that people remember most because it created the most expensive video game in history which is the competition cartridge that was awarded as prizes. They didn't award yeah. cartridges, you know, in the in the next ones. But, like, in 91, mm-hmm. they had a very similar structure. It was a campus challenge, and they had another cartridge that was three games in ones that was, that was scored at the end. But it was never, you know, like a thing you could take home. Yeah, and, those were the ones that were supposed to be destroyed, right? And then people didn't do that, so they... Well, there's, like, one known, and it was, oh, yeah. you know, it was, like... It's it's not a pretty looking thing because it was never no. meant to be seen. Uh, you know, it's just like a huge circuit board or something. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the the thing that you put into the Genesis. What is it like the thirty two X or like sure, it's just like yeah. an extra yeah, like whole console on top of it almost. It's, well, yeah, that's the Super Nintendo one is like that. That was the 90, 92 Campus Challenge. I think I don't know what if they did anything in ninety three and then like ninety four. I think was oh maybe ninety three was Star Fox. And then 94 was Donkey Kong. That sounds right. Yeah. Star Fox Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was another one that I would love to get my hands on. Yeah. But hard to find. Narelle's going to go ahead and do question nine, and then I'll do the music question at the end. Okay. Question nine, fill in the blank. Nintendo released an arcade-style controller with a full joystick and large buttons known as the NES blank. Advantage designed by one Lance Barr at Nintendo of America. That is correct. <laughs> Bonus points. Who is still there? He's, is he he's really still there? Wow. And he what's uh, what's he designed lately? Um, anything we would know? God, I think he like designed the shell for the Wii remote and stuff. Like, I, I like oh. he's um, he. I've never gotten to talk to him because it's very difficult to get into Nintendo. You know what I mean? To talk to people who still work there. But mm-hmm. I, I have talked to Don James, who's also still there, and and he and he and Lance were sort of like the design hardware, like the the not not even just hardware, just physical stuff design guys at Nintendo of America in the early days. So like all the point of purchase displays and stores and stuff, uh, that was Don and Lance, and I think. I think Lance might still be doing like the store displays or at least running that department or something. That's interesting. They've been there for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's very few people from the NES days that are still at Nintendo. And uh, those are two of them. And I mean, the the early, early NES days, like the launch days, you know, they only had like, they were like a startup. They had like 30 employees. <laughs> yeah. And in my notes here, it says that the uh, NES Advantage was also used... Uh, to guide the Statue of Liberty into the center of the city during the climax of Ghostbusters 2. That is correct. So, um, yeah. Although, if you play Ghostbusters 2 on the Nintendo, it looks like a regular NES controller. Oh, well, there you go. So, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> the continuity is just completely ruined. All right, question 10 is our music question. This theme played in the Underworld stage of which of these NES classics? So listen to the clip, and then I'll give you your options.
Okay, is that the underworld stage from A, Clue Clue Land, B, Kid Icarus, C, Wrecking Crew, or D, Mario Brothers? Uh, that is a pretty iconic uh, piece of music from Kid Icarus. That is correct. You got it. All right, so let's look uh, Let's look at the score here. So, Do you... I need any bonus questions? No, I don't think so. I mean, usually those come in like, uh, you know, if, if you named it without giving any option, if without us giving you any options or anything like that. But sure. I think you're good. So you only missed one, which was the first one. So you get nine out of ten, which means you won. Cool. Good, good job. Me. Yeah, victory music. Hooray. As I said, you have won a terrible old game. Now, this one's actually maybe the newest terrible old game okay. we've ever had, but it's definitely a very unique and strange game. Um, you have won Sneak King for the Xbox 360. Aha! Uh-huh. Do you know yeah. what that game is? I do. Okay. I was so, done by uh, Blitz. It was done by Blitz Games for Burger King. And it has the distinction of being the only yes. game that, the only disc that has an Xbox 360 and regular Xbox version of a game on it. That is correct. Yes. So you, you put it in the console and it recognizes, you know, which console, like the console recognizes its own format and, and plays that version of the game. Yeah. And it is a game about uh, being the, the Burger King mascot and uh, stalking people. <laughs> And uh, jumping out of things and, and terrorizing them. Yes. Well, you're, you're supposed to pre- present feel... them with a burger, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So on the back, on the, back is... of the box, it says, The game is sneaking. The objective is surprise. Here's your chance to step into the royal shoes of the king and silently unleash your hot sandwiches. <laughs> I can't read that without laughing. <laughs> on hungry citizens of this famished world, all of your covert gaming skills will be put to test as you try to fill the role of the slickest sneaker on the planet, the sneak king. Wow. The slickest sneaker on the planet. Yeah, yeah. That should. I didn't know that was a distinction yeah. to be. I'm made. gonna have to add that to my resume or uh, to my Twitter profile at least. <laughs> so I, I suspected that this is probably the cheapest video game on the used market, and I looked on Amazon, and uh, they're a penny. Wow. Well, that's that's uh, <laughs> way less than I spent on it. <laughs> I definitely spent at least two dollars. So wow, yeah. uh, you got you got ripped off. I did, but uh. It still makes for a great. Well, uh, I can get it brand new on Prime. Really? For why? I don't know. Sold by Franco and Jess and fulfilled by Amazon. Oh, okay, there you go. Fine. But you don't need to because you got one coming in the mail. So yeah, yeah. these were sold at Burger King. There were three games, and I one was a motorcycle game, and this one I don't know what the third one was. Uh yeah, I'm not sure either. Actually, I think the other two were both. Oh yeah, Pocket Bike Racer and uh, Big Bumpin'. <laughs> Big Bumpin' is a bumper car game. Yes, um, of course. All three of them were sold at Burger King. Off memory, I think it was like $3. Really? Is, Just is three? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were like, you know, Happy Meal toy games. Yeah, pretty much. But still, yeah. it's a ambitious uh, project that they put forth there. Yeah, well, that was, you know, all Burger King's marketing budget. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I, believe, I, I, I believe I heard tell that Blitz really cleaned up on that deal. Oh yeah, yeah. So, wish wish I had signed that one. Maybe uh, maybe at some point in the very very uh, distant future, you'll be making a uh, anthology of the Burger King games. You know? Oh yeah. Or the, you could uh, just put together like all the games that are just based on like terrible, uh, like corporate 
mascots, you know, like the Chester Cheetah game and uh, sure. Too Cool to School or Too Cool to Fool or something like that. The Pepsi Dot. I remember he had a game or two. The spot. Um, you're, you're thinking oh, of sorry, the 7-Up yeah. spot. But there is a Pepsi um, Man game. There is Pepsi yes. Man. Is actually, I like Pepsi Man. And I think they're actually going to be speedrunning that uh, tomorrow on Summer Games Done Quick. They are. And I was yeah. thinking of streaming that uh, myself until I saw that. So I'm going to have to wait till people forget about speedrunning. <laughs> um, yeah. My favorite that people don't know is um, on the Amiga is Tony and Friends in Kellogg's Land. Oh, what about uh, Chex Quest? You know that yeah, one? Yeah, I know Chex Quest. Oh, yeah. man. But Tony and Friends, it's Tony and uh, Toucan Sam and uh, that frog, whatever that the was. The Smacks, the Smacks frog. Yeah. yeah. And I don't then, know a name. like, two I don't recognize. Uh, there's, like, a fat bear mm. and, and a monkey. So monkey. I don't know what cereals uh, they promoted. Mm. But uh, they're in the game, too. Interesting. No Captain Crunch, no uh, Snap Crackle Pop. I guess they... Are those Kellogg's? I don't know. I I don't either. I love cereal, but I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm I'm not familiar <laughs> with the uh, Kellogg's extended universe. No. <laughs> Neither am I. But I can't wait for that movie trilogy <laughs> if they're gonna make one. I mean, they're making a Tetris movie trilogy. Surely they can make a uh, a cereal movie trilogy. Yeah, I, I do have a weird amount of knowledge of the McDonald Land universe. Oh yeah. Do you know in Japan his name's Donald? It's Donald McDonald. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was in Japan last summer, and I'm. Was not aware of There's that. There's a Fam- Famicom game called Donald Land, and it's a oh. Japan only McDonald's NES game. Donald McDonald, interesting. Yeah, I know they're really big on KFC over there as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that right? Yeah, it's a huge. Well, Frank, thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking to us about all the uh, uh, unreleased games and NES trivia. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? Best place is Twitter, and that is just my full name which is Frank Cifaldi. That's C is in Charlie, I, F is in Frank, A, L, D is in David, I, Frank Cifaldi. Other than that, a uh, company I work for is Digital Eclipse, uh, digitaleclipse.com. Hopefully we'll have something Mega Man Legacy-esque to talk about soon uh, and to hopefully release this year, but that's all I can say. Well, we'll just have to wait and uh, and see what kind of surprises you have for us in the future. I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in for our ninth episode of Super Gaming Quiz Alpha Turbo. If you'd like to give us feedback or be considered for a contestant spot on future shows, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGamingQuiz, or you can email us at GamingQuizCast at gmail.com. That's GamingQuizCast at gmail. A big thank you to Norell for sitting in as guest host, as well as Frank for agreeing to be on the show. Jose Acosta and Steve Bowling assisted with questions on this episode, and the many 8-bit beats you heard were created by music master Siriu. A very special thank you to Spencer Slavin, Kendall Erickson, Pam Bertoli, and all our Patreon backers for helping us make this show possible. We'll hopefully be back in August with a new contestant, a new terrible game, and a slew of new questions. Until then, keep gaming. Okay, you said Mass Effect and not Mass Attack. Oh, is it Mass Attack? (laughs) Yes. Dang it.
Mass Effect, Kirby Mass Effect. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> there we go.